0: Humans are becoming have became a little more humane. Uh, not all of us. Some became uh, quite the opposite because of the of, of other, you know, all the anti work going on. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we became more considerate. We we could we considered workplace arrangements that we never would have considered. you you know, remote, hybrid, day yeah. off if you're really sick, uh, five days off because you got COVID uh, uh, with pay. Um, so. I think we've expanded our hearts with empathy and compassion. And what's come with that too is the word self-care, the the notion of wellness. Uh, And I think for all of us here uh, today together and those listening, self-care needs to be part of your vocabulary Mm -hmm. self-care wellness mindset and mindfulness
1: hey it's breaking
2: barriers the diversity equity inclusion and belonging podcast we're here for real talk we're not afraid to go there and we want you to come away emboldened and energized to take action and make
1: change we believe our diversity our differences when joined together by a common set of ideals makes us stronger when i
2: set out to help someone uh, it is my intention to do just that i'm not trying to do anything other than meet somebody at their humanity
1: your world has changed but your dreams shouldn't have to that's why kirkwood is your next best step with affordable flexible and close to home options now's a great time to start or finish your kirkwood degree learn more at kirkwood.edu find your future Displaced or discouraged at work, Kirkwood can help you learn a new skill or totally reinvent yourself for a brand new career. With so many flexible and affordable options, you can get back on track fast. Learn more at kirkwood.edu slash findyourfuture. What's
2: up, new world? We're back again with another episode of Breaking Barriers, the DEIMB podcast. Brought to you by our five-star presenting sponsor, Kirkwood Community College, and our civil diversity sponsor, Rise to Greatness, formerly known as PG Cares. Congratulations on the new name change. Uh, uh, rise to greatness. Thanks for your support. Mm-hmm. I'm your co host, Anthony Arrington. I am joined by my homie, Nick Ford, and my homegirl, Joy Briscoe. Other co owners, how are y'all? Hey. hey. Hello,
3: world. Hello, world. I'm excited about. You guys know whenever we have the education and equity guest, I, I get, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. I have my questions just ready, jazzed up to go. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You know, I think we got somebody has taught me some things on this, on this, uh, in this DEI space. So I'm looking forward to it. Who, who we got, Nick?
1: Uh, oh, I got scroll back down to it now. Uh, so we have Alfred Ramirez, um, who we've done some work with in the past as well, and we're excited to talk to you today. He's a keynote speaker, a speaker, coach, trainer, and facilitator for public and private organizations, K-12 schools, universities, and diverse communities. He develops leaders, businesses, diversity, and culture change initiatives, and community engagement. Here's my favorite part. He was President Clinton's White House Associate Director of Presidential Personnel. We'll talk about that a little bit today. Senior Advisor Corporation for National Service and Executive Director of White House Initiative on Educational Excellence for Hispanics. U.S. Department of Education. He served as Columbia University Assistant Director of Admissions and Minority Recruitment, Special Assistant to Mayor Henry Cisneros of San Antonio, Texas, Did I say that right, Cisneros? Mm
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) Corporate recruiter, human resource specialist at Transamerica, managing director for Inroads Los Angeles. We'll talk a little bit about that too, I think, at least with my questions. And director of a $2 million Mattel Foundation initiative for parents and communities and schools. I really want to hear more about that. There's so much stuff we want to hear about. Mm -hmm. Mr. Ramirez led diversity initiatives at ACT in Iowa, was president of the Greater Quad Cities Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, which we are members of. Corporate Vice President of Government Relations and Diversity for Group O. And Director of Operations for the United States Hispanic Leadership Institute. So many nuggets. A Kellogg Fellow, National Urban Fellow, and a Hispanic Business Magazine's 100 Influential. He attended Columbia University, yes, yes, as an undergraduate. Political Science and Urban Studies at Bernard M. Baruch College. Graduate Student Public Administration. He resides in East Moline, Illinois. Well, he's just over the border. We'll give him some slack. <laughs> and he's from East Los Angeles. He is a board member of the Moline Foundation, United Way, and Two Rivers YMCA, and a former board member of Goodwill of the Heartlands. And I believe that's no longer former, is it? No, he's current You are back, right? Yep. He's back on the board at Goodwill of the Heartlands. So no, Alfred, back on the board of the Y. The Y. Yeah. Of oh, the Y. Uh, the Two Rivers YMCA. You do too much, Alfred. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Alfred, and uh, let's get to it. Let's go. Thank you.
0: Thank yep. you. First of all, thanks for creating the space. Yeah, this is
1: awesome. Absolutely, thank you.
2: Here, I, I kick it off. I got i I was thinking last night. You know, Alfred. Uh, for the listeners, we go way back. Alfred is is a is a journeyman and has done a ton of work uh, in the state of Iowa and as you can see abroad. So you've been at this DI game a long time, Alfred. And and my question is, before the surge, I call it the surge, the George Floyd surge. Mm-hmm. You know, tell us what has changed. And your approach to this space pre-George Floyd surge and post-George Floyd surge, in terms of how you approach this space as a profession, what are some of the things you've noticed or what's different in your opinion?
0: Sure, sure. Well, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, My mind's spinning this. It's like, where do I start? Um, (laughs) So so I would say this, uh, you know, if if anyone's done this work for a while or if you're learning Now, presently seeking a certificate or self-educating yourself, you know, there's often talk about how the whole field has evolved from from a compliance, you know, EEO Mm -hmm. affirmative action piece Mm -hmm. uh, to to a a, we must hire some more of them piece Mm -hmm. uh, to now we need to train them because it's a mess. People are they're coming there and they're leaving after six months. Um, So so now we need to look at uh, some some issues here. Uh, and so we've had this evolution of what EDI is, uh, equity, diversity, inclusion, added, add, added some more words, belonging and, 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 and accessibility, et cetera. Um, and so that's evolved. So as I've been in the field, you know, I guess with the evolution, I'm at a point of revolution. Uh, I, I really Love that. think that um, we, uh, you know, we really, we're at a place now where people talk about elasticity where, where you, know, you, you, you get stretched and then it goes back. Well, that, that's really, that's not what happens without uh, elasticity or, or resilience. There's no going back. Once you get stretched to that point, you're there.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, and so I fight the inevitable. You're there. Uh, so my approach, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I'll stop there to catch my breath for a minute. But, so that's the evolution. And that's how, how I've tried to evolve and and respond or be ahead of the curve. And now we're at a point where, with with the, with watching George Floyd murdered live in your living room, that uh, right. shocked the horror. Emma Till wasn't enough.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, you, yeah. you
0: know, uh, you know, this was like the the, the remake, uh, yeah. and uh, and the the, the the latest edition, and and um, and so it, it moved people to, to literally trip over themselves. We'll do this. We'll do that. We stand for this. There's no place for any of this in this world. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And now we're seeing, uh, you know, a few years later, that those promises are receding. The dollars are receding. Mm-hmm. Uh, EDI folks are being let off, mm-hmm. uh, let go. Um, and what happened along that way, though, is we, we I, I could use certain words. I could use the R word, racism, right after George mm-hmm. Floyd. Mm-hmm. I, you know, before, it was, oh no, that's too much. Time out. Time out. Unconscious bias, but don't say the R word. Uh, you know, uh, or, or or white privilege, you know, the WP word. No, 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 that's too much, that's too much. That's guilting and and, and pushing out. Um, and so what's changed, I think, is we are able to use more vocabulary. Uh, we're able to have deeper conversations. But again, at, at, when it gets too good, uh, there's a little gentle prodder reminder we're going too far in this. And now we're seeing with anti-woke and, and, and CRT, yeah. critical race Go theory, on. people... Are saying timeout. That's it. That's it. Game over. Wait a minute. We have another quarter. Nope. Changing the rules. Uh, goodbye. Yeah,
2: that's
1: what I'm uh, I'm catching my friend. breath, catch my ahead, breath there.
0: Yeah. You,
2: yeah. you
3: got no, me
0: going.
2: You got me going. Don't get
3: me going. No, I love that. Uh, I, going. We're that's what out. we do. That, that's what we do. That's definitely what we do. I When you said we're not elastic, right? So there's no stretching and no. going back. And I feel like George Floyd awoken this, like you said, this community sense of we've got to do something, right? And then when the something started to get un- really uncomfortable mm-hmm. because people realized that that something was going to do work, people started to say, well, wait, I don't want to feel guilty. And so I was recently having this conversation with a colleague of mine and I was saying, you know, I'm, I have a trans daughter and I'm being aware of the harms that I myself probably caused my trans daughter because I didn't know. And I was ignorant. And that's me as a black woman Mm -hmm. having the intersectionality of that, owning my SHIT and saying, even with that, even with me doing the work, I know that I still probably caused some trauma in this process to my trans Mm -hmm. daughter and I need to work on that. And and, and Mm -hmm. having some feelings of guilt about that, but being like, but I should, because those feelings are guilt are gonna propel me to do something about yeah. it. And I, I feel like we're currently at this state of, well, nobody wants to feel guilty about anything. And yeah. so now we gotta revert back. And so from your lens, Alfred, do you feel like that that we've really just gone really far the other way? And how do you see that impacting the work that people like you do and that we do at top rank? I mean, now it's like, well, no, you can't say too much. if If you're at Uber, and you have a session called uh, Don't Call Me Karen, you might get fired, you might not have a job the next day. And so what do you think about that, Alfred?
0: I think that um, when we look at the history of uh, civil rights, uh, when we look at uh, progress, uh, the minute you stop going forward, you fall back 20 times over. Mm. Uh, So even in this time and even in this dangerous time, we can't stop because they can't see that weakness. They can't see that fatigue that racial fatigue the racial trauma the internalized oppression the internalized trauma the thousand paper cuts they can't see the hemorrhaging beneath the skin we need to move forward and move on uh and there there's no going back for us failure is not an option uh and what what that means is we're going to get bruised a little more than usual it was okay because it was a comfort zone and when yep. the, now that people are moving out of that comfort zone, um, you know that's where it's getting pretty dangerous. And yeah. and, and then yeah. there's a cut. There's for every one or two or three detractors, there's the champions. So you have Pepsi getting into a mess, and then you have Target having a whole yeah. a whole uh, aisle. Yeah, uh, we succeeded know, because with, we're woke. dealing with these issues. Yeah. You know. and yeah. now what are they doing? Yeah. I just saw, I just saw this morning people uh, anti-woke, anti-CRT p- folks. Which doesn't exist. There's no such thing as what they're attacking. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. Oh, wait, Joy, it exist. The country exist. existing. Doesn't exist. But they're going now in Target and holding up t shirts and, and pride slogans and what have you. They say, look, look look what the store is doing. So now they're trying to attack Target.
1: Which is Target. good.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Target yeah. is saying, so what? So what?
3: Bring <laughs> it. Yep.
1: So, so what? So, uh, yes. I love it when when someone brings that up. Joy's like, yeah, we don't talk about that because we don't talk about unicorns and dragons either. Yeah, yeah, I it,
3: it, it, Alfred, you have a you have a educational background, so this whole thing where you had parents going to K twelve school boards and talking about CRT, they've never taught CRT in K twelve. Right. That is an upper level course. So right, it doesn't exist. Yeah, in the, yeah, the, yeah. the legal field. Uh, yeah.
0: and uh, yeah. and you know, so you know, Joy, you and I were talking just before we got on. Um, what we're doing wrong is we don't have our talking points and we don't have them mass distributed. These folks literally have talking oh, points. Oh yeah. Yes. They show up. You can blindfold yourself. You could be any school district where someone's doing this anti work and they're reading off the list. Yep. It's this, it's that, it's, co- it's, 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 all it's causing guilt, it's causing trauma to our children. They're, they're, they're being made to feel guilty uh, reverse racism right. another term that isn't Eternal true
2: doesn't <laughs> exist that's not
0: right. we're, we're, ble- we're being blamed for hundreds of years of oppression it wasn't me while, while you still you sure are having the privilege from it
1: yeah yes so yes you know i, I just love i'm gonna nerd out on you all a little bit so in, in nuclear power with metallurgy we do like stress testing right. right like you stretch it stretch it stretch it until it breaks all Oh, and, and, and you know, you talk about resiliency and, and, and like, the rubber band model. I mean, if you stretch things right. enough, I don't care how flexible it is, it's going to break. And yeah. you just see this constant back and forth from one extreme to the other. How about we just leave the rubber band alone and stop stretching it? I mean, wouldn't that be nice? I don't know. I mean,
2: I think in some areas, I think so. But I think in some areas, you you have to stretch it. Well, yeah, but it needs and, to be
0: the different people stretching it. It needs to be people look like me stretching Yeah. <laughs> and you know, before i lose a thought anthony and i, and I love because i know you're, you're going to go somewhere good or great uh i i just thought of something as you were said both talking about this and having differences uh, or, or different viewpoints. Uh, i i'm looking at I, for the first time ever i'm thinking of it as more as a muscle building muscle mm-hmm. you literally mm. you, you tear muscle to grow new muscle yeah. on top of other muscle i like and, that and so that's for the first time i think i've I think that is a, a pretty good metaphor analogy yeah. for how we look at this. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and it's interesting
2: because I, 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 I like that you took us there because it re- kind of leads me to my other thought is that this stretching, this I like what you, this post-George Floyd, and and suddenly everybody's like, oh, that's enough. And we're seeing this more so today than pre-George Floyd. And yes. I ask a lot of my elders about the tension in, in the country right now around racial, around racial justice is particularly in civil rights. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I'd be curious from your perspective, I asked many of my elders who were around during the civil rights era who were coming of age, maybe they were in their teens and twenties. And I ask them, Alfred, what was, was it this tense? Cause I never thought in our lifetime we would experience this. And to a man, every single one of my elders who have gone through this black and white have told me that is it as bad or, or worse in some some cases than it was in the sixties. And, and and I, and and now I'm starting to see that in the laws that are being made. And I, and I, and I started going back to the, um, the Southern strategy that I think about. Mm -hmm. And the, the, if everybody knows about the Southern strategy for our listeners is when, uh, Nixon, they were caught on tape talking about words they couldn't say to oppress black people. We can't say nigger, nigger, nigger anymore, but now we can say words like busing and economic and welfare and we can find ways to oppress. And now what
3: we're seeing is is laws that are basically. Dog, those are dog whistles, are right? Dog the whistles, dog whistles right. where you're not saying it out loud, but we know what you're implying. We know yeah. what you're implying. Uh, we know what anti-woke is. is.
0: It's gone from dog whistle to, to hurricane warning siren. Okay? Yeah, yeah exactly, I don't even know if it's a dog exactly. whistle anymore. <laughs> right, right, right.
2: So, <laughs> quick question for you. So on that note. I just saw a few days ago, we, we have uh, the League, uh, the um, LULAC, right, the League of United Latin American Citizens, as yes. well as NAACP, have put travel advisories on the state of Florida. Right. Yes.
3: Yeah. yes. I, I so it's support that. About, it's about time. That's what we're talking about, Alfred, that joint message of we are going to economically impact you if you continue right. to oppress people in this manner.
1: That's where and that it is. happened
0: in the Carolinas.
1: when
3: yes. they
0: stopped
1: You're right. Events there, right? They pulled out sporting yeah. events, right? Yeah. And, so I, and I go back where and I
0: think
2: about you know those the, the I think about the the busing in the sixties right. and the economic impact and how people can have an economic impact and we can have an impact if we use our voice in our and our in our time, right? You
0: know, you know, we, you know. Uh, I guess one of the next next guests or or, or, or group of folks I would suggest. Is someone who talk puts out the numbers for for the economic impact that P- bipoc folks contribute to this country uh the, the black and brown and and, and dollar etc uh it's a it's uh, you know there's a you know a gross national product there uh, or domestic product there um uh, and uh and we you we know we're seen as ta- you know taking from the system and not as contributing to the system to mm-hmm. the degree that yeah. we do and some of these very um, and we're also very um, lo- brand loyal, but that's shifting because you go to where the best quality is for the price. But we're still brand loyal if you think about what people still have in their house, in their cupboards. or um, uh, you know, And so, yeah, there is a huge strategy there for that economic um, boycott. And I'm torn because I was talking to the kids about going to Disney World. And then we talked about, no, we, want, we don't want to support that state, but I wanted to support Disney. Who's yeah. fighting? Fighting! fighting. You know, so where yeah. do you go with that? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. support them, and then they said, "Well, no, then we're driving through there. Well, we'll just spend all our money on that site." You know, but yeah, that's where it gets tricky too—the um, the, the uh, unforeseen consequences.
2: So, uh, so let's, Alfred, let's talk about that. So, you just took me somewhere. Your kids, your relationship with your kids, right. and how you have these conversations about about diversity and race relations in in, in the country and what's happening. What are those conversations like with, with your kids? I just heard you say, you know, you you got you were talking to your kids about not going to Florida right. because of this. How do, how do those conversations go, and what do they talk about?
0: Well, um, <coughs> there's a few things. I'm getting kind of uh, emotional to the question. Um, uh, how many families do we know have had to have a talk five or six or seven or, eight or ten years earlier, the talk, mm-hmm. about yeah. about how when you leave the door – uh, to look for this, to look for that, the do's and the don'ts. I've had, I had the, I had to have the talk much earlier in their, in their, in their development. They're ten and twelve now, mm-hmm. and that talk might have been at age five, um, you know, uh, or or so. So that's one piece. Uh, the other is uh, people forget. During, I think one of the reasons George Floyd had such an impact it was during COVID. People were home watching that, mm-hmm. everything live. My kids were home, they were home for two years doing mm-hmm. doing virtual education. So I was assistant teacher for two years. Um, um, and so we had to talk about what they were seeing. I let them watch uh, and I warned them and we talked about it, uh, but you know, it's gonna come up, they're gonna see it at, 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 if not now later. And we had to talk about what was happening on TV. And and what that and why why is that? Uh, and, and to this day, uh, as, as they encounter things, we have to talk about it. When I moved into my neighborhood uh, my wife and I, you know, she's an assistant state's attorney uh, and and uh, and I do the work that I do. And one of the neighbors who I, I, I blanked out on their faces, I don't if they walked by by me, I, I wouldn't know who they were because I blanked out from rage. They walked by when my child, my son was maybe three, with us he was squirt. We had a squirt gun fight in the front yard, and she said loud enough for me to hear as she was walking with her husband. They're walking around the block. Oh look, they're 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 raising a baby criminal, uh, and uh, it, it it hurt, and I was so astounded that she would have the nerve to say that uh, that I didn't at- respond. And I, I, I still run that through my mind. Today, and
3: I bet you and your wife are way more credentialed well, than the people. Hello. I love to when people do that, and I'm like, Oh, right. or, I'm black and I'm a veteran, right. and, and they'll be like, Oh, you are? Right. Yes, how many years did right. you serve? Yeah. Because I'm usually, I usually cap that, yeah. except and for I Nick.
1: For you <laughs> you handle that much better, like I think I would have.
3: Yeah. Yes, but, but uh, that's and, horrible.
1: And,
0: and, and well, one, of, one of the things it was shocked, like, did she, you know, that did yeah. she really say that? <laughs> And uh, the thing I I thought through my mind was, why couldn't it have been somebody was in the service? Was in the services, armed services? How about they were in the CIA? How about they were a police person? Yeah, a a criminal with a water gun? Wow.
2: Yeah, you know, and it's interesting, but uh, Alfred, I'm glad you shared that because I think we, you know, some of us have experienced those situations. But what's interesting is I think about the landscape, and we think about the division that we've got in this country. And, you know, I, I, I don't know about you all, but I, I look around and at the division and the numbers are the way they are. When I'm out mowing my lawn, I'm looking up the street and I'm looking down the street and asking myself who on this block doesn't like my black lives matter flag. Mm-hmm. Who uh, I, I think about these things. Who, who, who might uh, decide to drive by and, and, and shoot up my house today. Right. Or while you're
0: sleeping. Well, well, so, so they're cowards. They're and, cowards, and I got so to you tell sleeping. you, I,
2: I did not have those feelings five or 10 years ago, you know, and it, that's true to me, not that I didn't recognize racism and those sorts of things, but I didn't have that feeling of, of being really like physically unsafe and, and thinking about those things. So I'm, I'm constantly Watching my surroundings, and I hope I don't have a neighbor like yours, Alfred. I don't know <laughs> if I right. do, but um, chances are I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm, chances right. are really high that I do.
3: Yeah, you know. Oh, so well, you know, I've left places before. Just right. I've left places if 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 someone comes in there that just seems a little too aggressive, and they're just bothered by my presence, right? Like mm. I haven't really. There's nothing that I've done. There's nothing that I said, just the fact that I'm there. Because I do think we don't talk about... Racism existed prior to Trump. Mm -hmm. It did, right? Absolutely. But he was a battery in the back for many people to normalize their racist actions and behavior. And so now, Mm -hmm. oftentimes when I'm walking there's these people in these big old semi trucks that as soon as they see me, they rev their engine because now I ignore them and I just assume that they're compensating for that big truck and that big rev because <laughs> there's not big things in other places. Mm-hmm. So when you walk, if you see joy, yeah, no, that's little what right, I think. Right. <laughs> little, little exactly, little breeze, right? yeah. exactly. And so that's what I think. But I just, before I didn't feel like, like you said, Anthony, like, Oh, I'm always I'm going to have a mace. I'm going to have something to defend myself on me at any time because now you literally are in places where you're like, is this the moment where, because of my skin, someone decides I don't deserve to be on earth anymore? Right. And it makes and us have that, that
2: heavy. It makes us kind of have to heighten. I don't know how you feel, Alfred or, or Nick. It makes us kind of have to heighten our own biases, right? To your point, Joy, right. normally you might, somebody yeah. riding by in a truck, revving their engine, you think they're just revving. Because of their engine, but now these other things might be going through your head. Are they going to come back around the corner? And you know, uh, we have to really manage our biases, and it's so important today to do that. And it's difficult. Well, grew,
1: yeah, well, we talked about it once. LA.
0: Yeah. What's oh, up? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, in, I was. I grew up in East LA, and the gang house was in the corner. And so, all through high school, you know, twelve years of school, I walked up and down the streets to, um, and uh, every day it was, "When are you going to join us?" Well, you know, you're too good for. us. And they were and then I grew up with them we'd play football tackle and mm-hmm. push each other around and so good-heartedness but you know it's like when are you going to join I was the oldest of five I knew that if I joined everyone in my family would join and, they, and then and the gang house there was three or four generations of uh you know gang members and so and I and when I would go to the bu- bus stop uh, any car that slowed down I was looking for a potential drive-by uh, so I was tension there was tension just waiting to get on the bus then when I got on the bus to go to school, because I went to a Catholic school, um, they I had to go through about three other school districts and about six other gangs would get on and off the bus. So my daily, my day was trauma before I even got to school before mm-hmm. 8 a.m. Uh, or 7:45, and so, and then I you know I got I got caught a few times for driving while brown, just driving while brown, nothing wrong, uh, and. And so I thought those days were behind as I began to uh, become more upwardly mobile, uh, you know, move to different cities and towns. Um, there was, it's almost seemed like there was a lull uh, because I was protected by my environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now no environment is safe. Right. You know, there's hostility in the workplace. There's hostility in a supermarket. People getting yes. gunned down shopping. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, so when we think about where is that safe space anymore? Churches and and, and the synagogues and temples, those were off limits. Even if you were the craziest of crazies, you would not go into a place of worship and do what you do yeah. now. So there, there, there's no the boundaries are gone, uh, and and the rules of uh, even sick behavior, where there was a little temperance, are gone. Uh, and it's not that they're very safe, but I wanted to jump there real quick to jump on something you all have, have, risen, have risen to the surface for me. And that's that um, when you ask about my kids and, and me having to have the talk with them, I think what we need to do, and this is for everyone listening, is think about how we're equipping our kids to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to meet aggression with aggression. Mm-hmm. Uh but how are we t- teaching the, the, them to respond many times their peers are just repeating sometimes they don't know what they say and then mm-hmm. sometimes they very well do yeah. uh Parate and mentality. so yeah yeah so how are we teaching them to say you know ouch that hurt do you know mm-hmm. why that hurt uh do you really understand what you just did or said or we better talk about this later i don't want to talk about this right now i've got to cool down um we're, we're, I think at a younger age, and there's some great books out there, how to be an anti-racist for kids, etc. Mm-hmm. But we really need to think about what's in our library right now. And uh, even at the earliest of ages, right. to equip our children, even when a teacher um, treats them in a, in a, in a manner uh, based on their race or their
1: ethnicity. So how pol-
0: do they respond to say politely, teacher, that really hurt what you just did or said?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you say they're in books, unless you're in Florida, apparently, then, you know, Right, books might right, not be available. Right. Well, that was good. Yeah. Right.
2: So what you do is you go to that
0: fire here sale.
1: Here too. You go to that fire sale. And get the book before they burn it. Yeah, here in North Florida yeah. too.
0: Well, let
2: me play. devil's was and ask that question, Alfred, or to Nick, any of y'all. You know, because I, I first of all, prefaces, by agree one thousand percent. But, geez, Alfred, you sound like you're indoctrinating your
0: kids. Are, are, are you
2: to no, be you human? Are, are you, hey, you
3: indoctrinating? Are you indoctrinating to be a human? You know what? Like, you, know what? You,
0: you just gave me a good comeback.
1: I'm immunizing them. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. Yes, I like that. Immun- yes. Right. You know, now, all, now the anti vaxxers are going to be after you. But yes, uh, <laughs> you're, you're yes, immunizing. Yes, you know, yes, when when I always hear that
2: word indoctrinate and I wonder what you do. What, what is? I, I guess
1: I don't even know what
2: Webster's Dictionary says about the word indoctrinating. But it's all now. It's just in. Negative connotation. It's I guess if you brain- want to say I'm indoctrinating kind of a, my kid, a, if I'm if I'm indoctrinating kids to be good humans, okay. What yeah. what whatever word you want to use, um, but I like that we're immuni- immunizing our kids because many would say that the the way you just described how I would like to teach and educate my kids, many on uh, who don't agree with you might say that you're indoctrinating them that you're that you're that this anti wokeness. Right?
3: What are you indoctrinating them to? Yeah. I've always just wanted us because. There's this, again, Alfred, like when we talked about we haven't done a good job of having a concise message if you, if they say this, this is your response. Like we are indoctrinating them to be human and to teach, to be respectful of people that may be different of you. And when you give it that language, it's hard to argue with that as a language. Who is going to say, well, no, you shouldn't teach them to be human and they shouldn't be nice to people that are different than you. Mm -hmm. But we don't sometimes, especially when I think about political parties and different things of that nature, Mm -hmm. we don't always take the time to simplify what we're saying so that anybody can get behind it and say, yeah, you know, maybe I don't agree with you, but I respect your right to be different than me. Mm Joy, do you Joy, think you we need to take me. Go ahead, Alfred.
0: So I was going to say, Joey, just inspire me. It's not enough to be human. We must be humane. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. So, so, Joy brought up the P word, so I, I want to go there. I want to talk about your, your time in D.C. Uh, working for the presidential office. And tell us about your experience there and, and kind of how you got into that and and, and how that flowed and, and during that time.
0: Yeah, you you know, um, and and people need to know this. Um, I never grew up thinking I was going to work, uh, go go from East LA to the White House. Yeah, um, that was uh, not in my you know, my vocabulary, or even in my dream. Uh, my dreams sounds like a movie. Um, it, it really comes <laughs> down to relationships and being in, and and positioning yourself to in the right spot for, to, to to seek an opportunity when it when it when you're faced with it. In working with Henry Cisneros, uh, he. Um, joined the clinton campaign when he was like 20 people back you know he was the he was not even in the front runner mm-hmm. uh position and living in san antonio they came through texas so i was the goal i was the point person between henry cisneros and the clinton campaign uh when they wanted him to do henry to do surrogate speaking or when they wanted us mm-hmm. to get the messaging out in texas uh, and we were we had a wonderful situation that and um uh, and richards was the governor at the time democratic governor i
2: remember Ann. Mm-hmm.
0: uh and so so we were working that hard and then so when the election occurred and he was elected president i had gone back to la because that was during the rodney king uprising mm-hmm. and i wanted to go back home and help in that situation henry and i went out there in the middle of the night R- mayor bradley at the time was passed away uh uh, African American mayor of LA asked him to come out and help keep Latinos and other people of color home and not get out in the streets. Mm-hmm. And so we were up and down Ooh. the streets and uh, uh, just trying to do that and going from radio station to radio station to TV station. So I stayed home. I got asked twice to go to Washington D.C. to work for the Clinton administration, and I said no. I'm, I'm back home and I'm trying to get literally the ashes. The alley had burned yeah. and it was still simmering and smoldering Mm -hmm. and uh, finally the third time they said we really want you to come out the position is in the white house doing presidential personnel for hiring people for the administration and at that point um and i was replacing someone and at that point i said yes because i saw it had been months into it Mm -hmm. and i saw what president clinton was doing policy wise and who he was hiring he was hiring some of the best minds in the country in the world to head these cabinets not some of the doofuses that were during the other administration that just passed, (laughs) I won't even give them a name. So, so that's how I got there. And then I I kept being asked to go from one post to the next to do startup. It had been 12 years since there'd been a democratic president. Uh, So I went from there to national service, which is the America programs Mm -hmm. and the senior Vista programs. And then they asked me to go help start up the white house initiative on educational excellence over at the department of ed. So it was relationships. It was training myself to be and being in the spot to, to take on that opportunity and choosing wisely, not going for the glimmer and the glamor. I, I said no twice. Yep. And the third time I thought, this is where I could make a difference. And I, and I chose it and went off to DC.
2: So, so through the, well, that is an amazing story, uh, from East L.A. to the White House. I love that. I love yeah. to have to get a quote. It's put so that on a comedian's thing
0: to say. It's from the outhouse to the White House. It's yeah, like, I'm about to put that line. on a
2: shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, as you look back on on your career and your in your history and in today's times, how do you feel that has shaped you as a man uh, and the person you do? do you, how do you? How have these experiences shaped who you are today?
0: I think we need to be humble, uh, and, but not to a fault. Not to not to where we're seen as uh, subservient or or as a servants. Uh, there's a difference between doing public service and being a servant. Um, well, I think one one of the things that um, I have I constantly don't have, I don't have to remind myself. I'm the uh, beneficiary of mentors, the beneficiary of someone who told me I could do it. And that one person was going against 10 who said I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So it was always an uphill, upstream uh, swim, but I've I've always benefited from that. And programs, I was an Upward Bound, I'm a TRIO uh, program uh, graduate, Upward Bound. Three years going to community college campus, while in high school, learning about college and uh, getting um, even some simple things, people don't realize this, I want you all to hear this, this audience. Uh, It costs money to apply to college just to apply yeah, isn't that crazy. A lot of
2: cases.
1: Okay. You know? Yeah.
0: Uh, and then your tests, your standardized tests, it costs money to take the test and to send them to school. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford exactly. the application or the fees, but through upper bound, they helped me pay for it. My counselor in, in high school bet dinner against me to my math teacher for in my senior year that I would flunk out of Columbia either by September or by December. Wow. And when I, when I went home in December,
3: wow.
0: uh, we had dinner and I was, I saved up my money because I wanted to pay her for dinner because she had been so good to me and supportive. And she started crying when I handed her the money. She says, no, no, no. This is on Mr. Taylor. He's paying for this. And I got a mm. big grin. I said, that's fantastic. That's great. She said, no. She started crying even more. And I said, why are you crying? She says, he bet me dinner that you were going to fail. And i won the
3: bet. oh no oh, wow. uh, and i
0: started crying i felt so betrayed uh and i just couldn't believe it. this is the counselor yeah uh, and, but it's they now, still have that and yeah. nobody had left to go out of state uh, real, or out of the country i mean out of the, out further away uh, there were only three people who left my my year one got a, a, a joe baker got a scholarship to west point to run cross yep. country he was a 4.0 mm-hmm. student, and my other friend joined the, the, the brotherhood or the priesthood, and then I went off to Columbia. Uh, instead of being proud of that, he took credit for it, but he was betting against me. Three out of if how I, many, I lived, Alfred? Uh, huh? Three out of how many? Three out of uh, – my class was a small – 720 for my graduate class. Was he small, said his class of, was small right?
2: at 720.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, class, but I, was I thought my say class this. was
2: big at 330.
0: <laughs> there you go. But uh, So you're out here, irony. So I graduated – Columbia. I thought I was going to be either a civil rights lawyer, social worker, or teacher. I, I became none of those. But now I do all of that. You do them all. But I became an admissions officer, they had me recruiting East LA. When I was a freshman, they flew me back each year to recruit wow. students in the in the barrio and, and South Central. And uh, and so after four years, they knew me and they said, Well, you like to be an admissions officer, we want to hire you, you're bringing students here. So the irony is, as an admissions officer, I was also a, a faculty advisor. So mm-hmm. I had access to the records for my students. I also have, I had access to my own records. And I saw the recommendation that my counselor wrote. And it was one of the most lukewarm, I really don't want to write this, uh, you know, I asked me to write it, kind of uh, recommendations I've ever read. Wow. wow. Uh, and this is
2: the uh, same counselor uh, that bet against right. you.
0: Right, so I, got, I read wow. what he wrote four years wow. later. Normally, you would never have that access.
2: This is why wow. it is so important for, for us in the space, and I'm sure that we all feel that way on this call, is that we, we are involved with our kids and our education because there are people in our systems who, who don't have our best interests at heart. And right. we have to and be able to... And smile, a smile. A, a smile, in yeah. smile in your face. smile in your face.
0: And get, I give you the lip service and the rah-rah. Right. Uh, and, and they're doing everything but...
2: So how, how do you, how do we, how do we, how do we stay, you know, as we kind of wrap up, uh, how do, how do, what advice do you have for how we all stay motivated in this space, Alfred? What keeps you motivated and what advice would you give to, to others doing this work or others who want to work with people like us doing this work? How do you keep them motivated when the arrows keep coming?
0: So we're reading a lot about this and I think a lot, a lot has been um, discussed. I'll say inspired
2: year. too, not motivated. Maybe that's what right, right. I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, I think post George Floyd and COVID, uh, we 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 as uh, hu- humans are becoming have became a little more humane. Uh, not all of us; some became uh, quite the opposite because of the uh, of, of other, you know, all the anti work going on. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we became more considerate. We we could we considered workplace arrangements that we never would have considered. You you know, remote hybrid day off if you're really sick uh five days off because you got covet uh uh with pay um so i think we we've expanded our hearts for with empathy and compassion and what's come with that too is the word self-care uh, the the notion of wellness uh and i think for all of us here uh, today together and those listening self-care needs to be part of your vocabulary Mm -hmm. Mm self-care wellness mindset and mindfulness so put those four words there self-care mindfulness mindset and wellness and so in answer to your question we need to take care of ourselves yeah we need to take care of ourselves. and remember this just when it's getting hot in here as the song would say it's getting hot in here Mm -hmm. um that's when we're doing our best work yeah. because we're getting the rise out of folks. yeah. So just when the heat is on and just when the pressure is on and just when we're being pushed back against the wall, we have to actually laugh in the face of that and say, I'm doing it right. The pushback uh, yeah, because is because you, we're doing it right. Yeah. Right. Because you got, you're pushing me back because you're, 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 you're just afraid at this point. Uh, so we, yeah. and, and the other thing is in, 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 in Communities of color, among BIPOC, BIPOC folks, we don't ask for help enough. Mm-hmm. And and mental health, you know, month, you know, people, mental health month every year,
2: mm-hmm. we
0: you know we talk about that. And you know what's really frightening is if we look at the statistics for BIPOC suicides and teenage yeah. suicides, uh, it, it it's it's horrendous. Yeah, uh, and we need to learn how to detect the signs, uh, and also ask what environment our, 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 our loved ones are in. And how are we a contributor to that? Or how can we help make it better? Yeah, That's what I would say for where we're at now and how we need to care for each other. Don't stop fighting uh, because then you stop living.
2: I like that. I when the, that. When the fire's just getting going, that's when it's time to, you know, you're doing something. When you're making, when there's making mm-hmm. noise. I think I heard somebody say, you know, if, if I'm not, or maybe I heard you say it, Joy, but Penny, if, if you're not criticizing me, I must, if you're criticizing me, I must be doing something right.
1: Joy, I think you have a listener question today for us.
3: I did. I did. And I know we were kind of coming to the end, but Nancy from Sioux City um, had a question about what are your thoughts about the current legislation and its potential impact on public schools? And I believe she's referring to um, our governor in Iowa. She just uh, made it where you can enroll in the school of your choice so you can take your money and enroll in private schools. And how do you feel about that? We've heard both on our show. We've heard people that were big supporters of being able to potentially go to charter schools. And we've heard people that are like, no, you know, most of our kids are going to be in public education. They don't have the access to that. So we need to make sure we're investing and making sure we have strong public educational systems. And so Alfred, from your lens, both as a policymaker, both as a practitioner, how do you feel about that?
0: So I'm going to say this out loud and not just think it be real and be honest and be transparent and stop lying. Yeah. And what I mean by that is there's a thing uh, in, in most in, throughout life, there's intent and there's impact mm-hmm. well, and then, then and there's also unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in these instances, there are, in, are intended consequences. When you begin to draw out of the bank from those public schools the funding and allow people to shift it elsewhere, uh, you're, 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 you're literally drawing ba- down the account. And so that means kids who can't afford to go to a school of their choice, to even travel to a school of their choice, or afford the other piece of what it takes to go to that school, are, re- are left behind. Mm-hmm. They're left where they are, and they don't have a choice. And so, what you see too is why is this legislation being pushed? What's happening in the schools? Are, are we achieving to the point where now maybe we need to move the the uh, the goalpost ten yards back, and uh, and and give the money elsewhere? What's really happening too, I think, is you you were, you used the word indoctrination earlier, Anthony.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, uh, we don't like what's being taught in schools right now. There is some public ability to teach certain things, and we're trying to close that out um but let's go elsewhere let's take our our ball and go to another court and do exactly what we want when we want and how we want and 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 discriminate uh while we're at it uh and so i think (laughs) there's an ugly there's an ugly undercurrent here and all i have to say is be honest be transparent and 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 say what you really mean and And that is that you're mean
1: you know, yeah. Alfred, it's it's funny. It's I've had people say, "Well, why don't why don't like we just start our own school that's a charter school, but for what we believe in?" Except we've also talked to people that for funding like that, they get it's hard to get. The state will right. disapprove it. Though we saw this in a, a function we did at Waterloo about daycare. Right, this is the whole the daycare money, and it was great if you were a white person applying for it. If you were the black person applying for it, it wasn't so great. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, again, there's that realization that, uh, you know, we talk about this all the time, that it's great. It's easy for me to go do it. Not as easy for Anthony to go do it because of our yeah. pri- of my privilege. And yeah. I just don't understand how people don't understand that personally, but, but it's there. That's why we're here. And that's yeah. why we're here. I would, yeah.
0: I would ask people in Iowa, and I know we're coming to a close, I would ask people in Iowa, all people. To look at any piece of legislature and the consequences on all involved, not just you and how it benefits you. I'm really upset not only about this piece, but lowering the age limit to work. uh, And then to be put into unsafe environments, to be cleaning around blades in a meat factory at age 14 or 15 or 60. Give me a break. How convenient.
2: We have employees here. We have adult employees. There's plenty of us in this state. We, we don't need to. And Alfred,
3: that. At, at the next show, we're going to dive into that. They would rather create child labor than admit that the real issue that with um, the talent shortage, they just needed to lean into immigration. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All all the people that really study in that are like, well, no, we should be leaning into that because it's more yes. workforce. Yes. But rather than that, we're gonna we're gonna have child right. labor yeah. rather than actually have to go away from this ugly. Right. Um, um, campaign that we've had—that's a war right. on on immigrants coming to right. a country that was founded on immigrants. immigrants. It
0: children, of, uh, it's it's children of color yeah. and it's poor children that yes. are that they're, they're getting hurt in those work. Yes, yep.
2: yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, Alfred, we were, you you kind of took us there. We as we close, we we're going to say, is there <laughs> is it You know, we like to ask our guests. Is there anything else on your mm-hmm. mind that we haven't talked about that you want our listeners to know? A nugget they could take away. And, you keep giving away nuggets, so I, I, but I'll <laughs> still ask you anything else you would like to tell our listeners, man.
0: I, I'd that, say this: uh, it's it's a, it's a challenge. I, I'm challenging every listener <laughs> to ask yourself: what do you need to learn, and what do you need to unlearn? And are you an ally or an activist ally? Mm-hmm. Are you are you taking? Are, are you really? And, and 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 don't time how you uh, become an ally. If, if you're in the room and someone's being abused. Then speak up then and there. Yeah. Or put a stop to to the carnage. Don't go out in the hallway and say, boy, oh, that was Boodle. Are you okay? Yeah. No, I'm not. When were you when I needed you? No, don't, don't send you that face,
2: that FaceTime message on the background, right? That that Facebook <laughs> message in the background that tells you how they feel. Right, right,
0: <laughs> right. So so be I an activist ally. Be, yeah, be an anti-racist. Be anti, which means you take action against, not just say what you are or aren't, um, and also learn and unlearn. And, and, and do the work all of us all of us of any background bipoc folks plus um, yeah. do the work educate ourselves about other cultures um, and other, and other other ways of being and and, and then ask the questions the yeah. don't tax somebody to educate you if you haven't at least done some of the work
1: yeah't yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't make someone that's a lived experience to be your Google
0: mm-hmm. right and, and ask them to relive the trauma
1: yep yeah.
2: Well, oh, that's the last, so thing last thing too. Last thing too,
0: real quick. Yeah. Um, drama is is uh, it, you know it, it's not drama, it's trauma. When a child acts out, there's more going on. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So don't punish them,
0: don't expel them, don't suspend them, and then many times, BIPOC folks more so than anyone else. Find out what is going on. The why, because that's a cry for help.
2: Yes, we talk about the the
0: drama is it's not drama, it's trauma. Yeah.
1: Yes. I love
2: that. Yes, we talk about the five whys a lot. Dig, 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 and find out because there's a under there's a there's a reason why the kids are angry. So, very, very enlightening, Alfred. Man, thank you so Mm -hmm. much for your your wisdom, your words, and we we appreciate. This has been a a great session. Nick, you want to take us out here and, and. yeah,
1: again, like, I mean, like most of our sessions, you know, we could talk all day on these some of these topics and uh, yeah, exactly. maybe it'll be a part two in the future. <laughs> and um, shame
0: but, on all of you. Now you got me all riled up. Yeah,
3: we love it.
0: Leave your charge. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get into some good trouble now. Yeah, that's
3: what I mean. All right, all
0: right.
1: <laughs> So a big shout-out to our five-star presenting sponsor, Kirkwood Community College. We appreciate your partnership on the podcast. Hey, Kirkwood.
0: I love that institution. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Shout-out
1: to Kirkwood. Also a big thanks to our silver diversity sponsor, Rise to Greatness, formerly known as PG Cares. We also want to give thanks to our friends of Breaking Barrier Supporters, Community Savings Bank, and Tyler Lincoln Barnes DDS. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up and send your questions, comments, suggestions to our new website, info at toprankculture.com. Info at Top Rank Talent Solutions still work as well, but send them to info at top <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Special thanks to our listeners out there. We couldn't do this without you. So appreciate our listeners. And continue to subscribe, review, rate us, uh, share, uh, because we're, get, we're we're putting good stuff out here. We want people to hear these messages from these great guests, um, these real conversations. So thank you and so and much. And all of
0: those sponsors, all of those sponsors, could, uh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Definitely. For your support. Yes yes and you listen dro- thank you yeah. bring mothers to this place
3: love it alfred we <laughs> drop episodes twice per month on your favorite audio platforms and youtube search breaking barriers D E I M B podcast Thanks again, much as Alfred, our guest today said. We do appreciate our sponsors so much because you are showing with your action, your words, and your support that you understand the need for this work and you're investing in it. And so we hope you enjoyed the conversation and this week, go continue to break some barriers and get into some good trouble. Yeah, get into trouble. Have good a great trouble. one, everyone. Yep, break <laughs> some barriers. Take care. Advancing
2: equity is not a one-year project. It's a generational commitment
3: there are too few people in the world willing to be the domino, too few people willing to take that fall.